Sporting Beards, episode number 105. Jace, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing pretty good. Enjoyed it. I know we're going to get into it, but that's the main thing that happened this weekend was the Super Bowl. Ended up enjoying it. It was quite boring for a while. Yeah. But it ended up being a classic. Sloppy so, early, great late. Yes. Uh, that's usually how I am bowling. Uh, but, uh, but no, this, uh, this past week though, on Friday, oh man, I had a 225 mixed in there, Nice, but a 150 to start the 225 in the middle and then a 185. So not terrible. Yeah. Balancing it out. Yeah. Not where I want to be quite yet. I'm still averaging like a 183 on the league. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But one of the dudes we were bowling against, uh, his name's David. He's also a red beard. Uh, like us, he bowled a two sixty nine. We were like, nice. "Goodness, dude!" And then this this other guy, Ray, he's older. He was like, "Oh yeah," and bowled a two seventy nine the next game. <laughs> we we're like, "Jeez, man!" So some good bowling going around. I uh, I got knocked off the the leaderboard for the the season so far, but I'm gonna try and come back. Yeah, you'll get back up there. Yeah. Did you do anything this weekend besides Super Bowl? So, yes. Um, <laughs> I made the decision to uh, to go back through and play all of the Assassin's Creed games, start to finish. Very nice. So, all of them are all of them are available to play on PS5 except for the first one, which I had to get on PC. And okay. So I, I'm really bad with with games like Assassin's Creed in that and I do this with TV shows too. Like I'll I'll get like seventy five percent, eighty percent of the way through a game or a TV show and mm-hmm. then I'll like take a break from it for a weekend or something and then I just never go back. Yeah, I've done that a lot. Like there's a couple of Netflix shows. One one that I always two that I always think about is the Medi- the Medici and uh, Frontier which has Jason Momoa in it. Yeah, you've actually talked to me about Frontier. I, I like both of the shows. I really like them. But like Frontier, like I had I had uh I had watched the first two seasons. I think there's three seasons total. I had watched the first two seasons and then right before the third season came out. And then the third season came out and I watched like the first, I think it's only six episodes. I watched the first four episodes of it. Was really enjoying it. But then something happened, and I didn't watch it for a day. I still, to this day, and that was years ago, I still have not gone back and finished the last two episodes of that show. And it's a show I really like. <laughs> I feel you. I have that with a few of my shows, too. And I'm the same way with video games. Like they're, So the, of the Assassin's Creed, there's a couple of them that I've beat. and it, But most of them, it's like I've gotten 80% of the way through, and then I play another game for a while, and I just never go back to it. Ever. <laughs> So I know I what just, you mean. They're like my favorite game series. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go through. I'm going to play every all of them in order, starting with Assassin's Creed, which Assassin's Creed kind of holds up. Even I was going to ask 16, 17 years later, like it kind of holds up. Like you can, t- it's aged. You can tell right. that it's that it's from 2007. But the mechanics are smooth. The graphics are not horrible. True. It, it holds up for the most part. It's a good game. It's fun. Yeah, I enjoy some Assassin's Creed. That's one of the ones that was hard for me to get into because of kind of what you're saying. It takes a lot. Mm-hmm. And the one that's similar that I kind of started playing was Shadow of War. 
uh, the Lord of the Rings one. Mm -hmm. It's actually got some really Assassin's Creed vibes where, like, you can climb a bunch of stuff and jump from high spots into, like, the hay, essentially, uh, and stuff like that. But I, uh, when I'm playing it, I don't want to put it down. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm not playing it, it's hard for me to pick it back up. And I guess that's basically what you're saying. Yeah, so, like, I didn't work last week. We had, like, a catastrophic system failure like full-on system failure Meltdown. all all week like, <laughs> it just came back today like i didn't work a single Dang. a single minute all last week i was at work but i didn't like i was clocked in but i didn't work i didn't have to do anything so i was playing video games and it was like friday that i made the decision to go back and, and play assassin's creed so i literally played assassin's creed for like 12 straight hours on, on Friday <laughs> and then did it nice. did it again on Saturday like I am I'm like 60% of the way through the second Assassin's Creed and I started on Friday oh my goodness and I haven't played any of it today and I basically didn't play any yesterday I played like maybe like Damn. an hour or two yesterday <laughs> I'm having a great time okay that's grinding now that is grinding dude yeah damn now I'm not a big like side quest guy like, I play the main story, and I just go main story to main story to main story. I don't do a lot of the side quests. I, I just yeah. I have no time for side quests, which the first Assassin's Creed, I didn't remember this, but there's basically no side quests. It's just all main story. It's just like a campaign, basically. Yeah, and, and another thing that I, that I didn't remember until I started playing it again, you can't assassinate, you can't jump off in a building and assassinate somebody in the first one. That didn't... Well, that was a good addition. That didn't come around until Assassin's Creed 2. Dang. So, yeah, it's it's been on my mind a lot lately. I basically just stopped <laughs> to watch the Super Bowl, and then that was about it. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not wearing your hood. <laughs> I should, right? I should. I don't have a white hoodie, though. It'd be fitting. <laughs> Fair. You get a white hoodie. No, Assassin's Creed's pretty sweet. I think the one that I played the most of was probably, is it Ragnarok? Uh, Valhalla? Valhalla. One of the recent one. ones. So yeah, 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 Valhalla. That's another one. I think I got like halfway through it, and then I stopped, and then I just haven't gone back to it. It's in, it's sitting in my PS5 library right now, still downloaded to the PS5. It's just, I just haven't gone back and played it. Well, you'll get there within like a week if, if we're <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> well, the, the pace is going to slow down considerably now that I actually have to work. But True. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to the, to playing the rest of the games. My favorite Assassin's Creed game is, is Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. It's the sequel okay. to the first sequel to uh, Assassin's Creed Two because the, the Assassin's Creed Two has like three parts and they're full games. It's it's Assassin's Creed Two, and then Brotherhood, and then Revelations, and it's three okay. separate games, but they're all like a part of the same story, basically. Gotcha. Um, but Brotherhood's like my favorite, my favorite of the games, and Assassin's Creed Two holds up really well. Like you could convince me that it came out five years ago instead of fourteen years ago. And I'd be like, okay, that yeah, because we've gotten to the point now where like they get better, but not like drastically different. Like back in the day when a new Madden would come out or something, and it goes from pixelated to finally it's like almost HD. Yeah, so, there's like there's still another jump, but we may be a couple of years away. True, especially oh man, I'm you know I'm surprised they didn't show an ad for it at the Super Bowl for like that that Apple Vision Pro. That came out. Have you seen any of those mm. videos? Maybe. I, I think so. It looks insane. But I bet you that's going to start incorporating some kind of video games and making them like 
very realistic. I mean, I've played some of the virtual reality stuff, which is insane. And I, I feel like we're going to get even even further down that road. Like Ready Player One. Have you seen that? The movie? Yeah. I've seen parts of it. Oh, man. Such a good movie. But basically, they all have like suits, like the high-tech suits that you can buy where you actually feel everything and stuff. I bet you we're going down that path. Yeah. I don't know if I'm about that life. You will be. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I we'll feel see. You. We'll see. I love gaming too, though. I've been. I actually caved and finally bought the newest Call of Duty just because I hadn't played multiplayer like team deathmatch and stuff like that in forever. And I just my Gunnels and Oz had started getting me to play Warzone again, mm. which I was having a lot of fun. But I needed more practice if I wanted to try and actually be a good teammate. And so I decided to to buy the actual game so I can play multiplayer and get some practice in. So I've been gaming a lot too. That's where me and you are are very different. That yeah. I I don't care at all for the multiplayer. Shooters, basically. Well, I like shooters. I like shooter games. Like I like sniper games is what I really like. Sniper games are really fun for me. Gotcha. Uh, there's just something about shooting somebody from half a mile away that piques my interest. True. I just I'm just not a big multiplayer guy. I feel you. I mean, I wasn't for a long time, but I uh, I started getting back into it, and that's one of those things where w- once I open that door back up, it's all I want to do now again. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to it's hard to break away once you get like really nose to the grindstone on a game like right. that. It's it's hard to tear yourself away. I used to be that way back in the day with Splinter Cell. Like Splinter right. Cell was my favorite game back in the day. I love Splinter Cell. That was a good one, dude. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. The cool little like different kind of not necessarily puzzles but like different kind of stuff you had to figure out throughout the game that was fun yeah yeah the different gadgets and something i guess it's just something about sneaking around for me like with assassin's creed and and with splinter cell just like something about sneaking up on somebody and then taking them out i don't know i feel you they've got that in the the shadow of war which is pretty fun too uh well that's probably enough about video games Uh yeah welcome to uh (laughs) Video game beard and uh... <laughs> <laughs> workshop title. We'll, we'll workshop the title. Uh, so episode one hundred and five. Uh, now that we're almost twelve minutes into this thing, yes. Uh, there's a lot of fives. There are a lot of fives. Uh, right now, the first one that comes to mind, just because it's fresh for me, uh, is Corey Seager. I mean, huge iconic moment for the Rangers in the World Series. Uh, in game one when he tied it up in the ninth and i've watched that video like probably over a hundred times uh since it happened especially after the cowboys got uh bounced out of the playoffs so he's the main one for me but then you got like david wright mm-hmm. i always think of david wright cross sport donovan McNabb mm-hmm. was a big number five especially with having the super bowl yesterday and stuff uh, let me see i had a couple others written down uh Pujols. oh Albert man Pujols. Hall of Famer, like one of the best power hitters of our lifetime. I mean, and over over seven hundred home runs. Yeah, insane. And then uh, Dan Bailey, get, Dan Bailey, kick, <laughs> yeah, getting a kicker in there, man. He was what's the, Dan doing? I know, right? <laughs> no, he had a couple little stints after he kind of lost it with the Cowboys, but man, he was so good for a while for us. Other baseball names: Jeff Bagwell. My Ooh, guy, 
uh, Brooks Robinson, one of the best third basemen of all time. Yes, dude, insane. Johnny Bench, arguably the greatest catcher of all time. Arguably with... Uh, He's up there. We were talking about Molina last week. I'm surprised so. you didn't mention this name that I'm about to say, being that he was a member of the World Series Braves. Freddie Freeman. Oh, yeah, Freddie Freeman, dude. That's true. I didn't even... Yeah, he didn't even pop in my head, I guess, just because... I mean, obviously, there's no bad blood right. with him going to the Dodgers because they were able to just kind of replace him with the guy a little bit younger with Matt Olson. But, yeah, no, Freddie Freeman, man, he's a big one that's current. And then one other fun baseball one, Nomar. Oh, Nomar Garcia Parra. How did I forget him, dude? He was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, he he was a part of that, that great shortstop, young shortstop crop with A-Rod and Jeter. And Miguel Tejada and the, and those guys and he just just had some injuries and and couldn't keep up. Right, but he was just he was so smooth and so good. And then of course he's got that fun name to say, <laughs> Noma Gasiapada. Yes, dude. Do you remember? You might not, because I don't know if you were as much of like a Disney person, but the the Jersey, the show called the Jersey. You've told me about it before. Yeah. But I've never seen it. Well, so it was these four kids where they found this old jersey in, like, their parents' attic or something. It was, like, their grandparents. It looked kind of like a a letterman jacket, basically. But if you put it on, you would just transform into an athlete. Like, and they would actually have the athletes acting on these shows. And I'll never forget when Nomar was on it. And and one of the kids turned into Nomar Garcia Para, and it was it was pretty cool, man. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Did he teach him how to do the glo- the batting gloves thing really fast? Right? No, he <laughs> he just naturally did it. He was just Nomar. Like it was crazy. <laughs> man, I forgot about that a little bit with Nomar. He did have the a crazy routine at the plate. Yeah, he did. Like quickest hands. Like you could tell he played shortstop by the way that he that he <laughs> undid and redid his batting gloves. Yep. <laughs> I, I bet you he would actually still get away with that today with the, t- the clock because of how fast he I, was. Yeah, I mean he was quick. He was very quick. <laughs> uh I mean that's the whole reason that Kyle Tucker wears wears batting gloves now is because he didn't have he doesn't have enough time as much time to like grab the dirt and really rub it in really well and and get ready to hit. That's right. So he has to start wearing batting gloves. Pussy. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> last last couple of names that I had written down, uh De'Aaron Fox currently in the NBA. Ooh, okay. And another point guard, probably the best point guard of our childhood, Jason Kidd. Yeah, Jason Kidd. See, it's hard because he was number 2 for the Mavs when they won the title. Mm. Um, but I did see him as well because he was number five for the Nets. Yeah, and the and, Suns. Yeah, and so, man, and he was actually in another kid movie that I really enjoyed, uh, <laughs> uh, Like Mike. I know that one. That? Yeah. yeah. And he threw the ball off kid's back <laughs> uh, to inbound it. That was great. Uh, but that's pretty much the number fives. As far as, as, far as titles in 2005... White Sox beat the Astros in the World Series. Uh, one of the closest sweeps in World Series history. Every game was within two runs. Like, every game was stupidly close. Yeah. I think the lead changed, like, in, out of the four games, I think the lead changed the ninth inning or later three times in three Jeez. of those games. 
Like it was, it's wild to go back and look at the box scores in that series for it to be a sweep. Yeah, it's funny to hear you even say that. One of the closest sweeps of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. Uh, it just it's something that's always stuck in my brain about about that series. Like I, as a kid, like I wasn't even that upset that they lost the series, just because I was so happy that we beat the Cardinals. Like we beat the right. Braves and the Cardinals on the way to the World Series, and that like as a kid, that was like okay, those are the two teams that I hate, and right. we beat both of them. So like I felt okay. Uh, Frank Thomas, uh, AJ Burnett. Uh, Burnett was not on that team. Their starting rotation was Freddie Garcia, uh, Mark Burley. I know Ooh, you like Burley. Mark Burley. Yeah, Mark Burley. I, that catch uh, to save his perfect game yeah. uh, has been floating around recently. I don't even know why. One of my That's favorite cheap. Mark Burley stories is that he there was a they had a day game, and he was a starting pitcher. And he had a concert that night that he was going to go to. And I, <laughs> I think the, the concerts, like the start time of the concert got pushed, they got moved up to earlier. And so he was like, I'm going to pitch the fastest game you've ever seen. And he pitched a, a complete game, and the game was less than two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. It's <laughs> one of my that favorite Mark Burley great. stories. I haven't heard that one. I like it. Um, but yeah, that, that White Sox team, Jermaine Dye, Maglio Ordonez. Oh, yeah, there you go. I think Maglio was still on the on the White Sox that year. That sounds about right. Or he may have. He may have already moved to the Titans. Oh, I think the next year is when he moved to the Tigers. I don't know. Jim Tomey uh, wasn't on that. Paul Konerko. Jim Tomey was not on the 05 team. Okay. Frank Thomas was still. Right. Konerko. Yeah, man. I remember Paul Konerko. They had El Duque as one of their starters. Oh, that's right. Okay. And who else did they have? Scott Pasednik. Oh, yeah. Hey. Scott Pasednik actually uh, worked out at our middle school one time. Nice. It was weird. <laughs> Yeah, he's one of those guys that's famous for a one that's pretty famous in that World Series that he had not hit a home run the entire regular season and he hit one in the World Series clutch. off of Brad off of Brad Lidge who had just fallen apart by that point. Hey, he's got that clutch gene. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Jeff Blum was a White Sox that hit a go ahead homer in the 14th inning of Game Three, and he's now in the Astros booth. Because he was a former Astros. Dang, okay. The first ever World Series game at Minute Maid was a 14-inning game in which Jeff Blum hit the hit a three-run homer in the top of the 14th. Jeez. And that, that was the longest World Series game until until the, the Red Sox-Dodgers in 18. Got you. I remember that one. Uh, I think we mentioned it last week, and you said it, it was next week. So that When y'all beat the Braves, that was when we did have like the 18-inning Yes. Duel. Yeah. So for a while, the Astros held the record for longest postseason game and longest World Series game, and they both happened in the same season at the same stadium. That's crazy. Yeah. Y'all still had the hill. We did still have the hill. Damn. That that didn't go away until 2016, 2014, somewhere in there. Bring back the hill. <laughs> and the and the flagpole. Yeah, the pole too. The, the pole that's inside the field of play. That if you you could hit that thing sixty feet in the air off that pole and it's in play. <laughs> As it. Richie Sexton once found out. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, moving on to the next title, we've got the Steelers over the Seahawks. Uh, the that bus. was the first. 
that was the first Ben Roethlisberger, and yeah, Jerome Bettis. Yeah, dude. Damn. And that was Ben Roethlisberger's second year, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah second second year quarterback. Goodness. And somehow, like you go back and look at his stats, somehow they won the they won the Super Bowl. Not really sure how, but well, we'll get into it uh, in a little bit. But defense wins championships, Doyce. It's true. Uh, speaking of defense wins championships in the NBA, Spurs and Pistons went seven games, and the Spurs won in two thousand five. The first of the that, big three. That was a seven game series in which exactly one game had one team go over a hundred points. Man. Basketball has changed a lot. Yes, it has. Yes, it certainly, (laughs) certainly has. (sighs) And then lastly, college football. We had Texas over USC in what is widely considered one of the three to five greatest college football games of all time in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and I know this sounds kind of dumb because obviously I'm not necessarily a big Longhorns fan. Um today but living in georgia and watching vince young do what he did and watching that game i was excited to be moving to texas because that was like the <laughs> next year i was moving to texas I was like, oh shit right. maybe i'll go to ut maybe i'll get to see some badass football because uh, obviously georgia still hadn't done anything for a long time uh, at that point either uh, but man that was a uh, that was a fun one to watch. I really enjoyed watching that one. Yeah, all that's a that's a game, a night, a memory, a moment that I will never forget as long as I live because like we were we were in we were living in DFW and we had gone down for like a late Christmas with my grandparents who lived in in Houston. My grandpa who is the reason for me being the sports fan that I am, huge Astros fan, huge Longhorns fan, uh, he's basically the. Re- I owe everything that I know about sports. I I owe to being a kid and talking to this man who just loves sports with a passion that that few can can attain. And so we're, I'm yeah. 14, 15, something like that. We're due to drive back home the the day of the game. I essentially talked my parents into like, hey, let's just stay. I want to watch the game with my grandpa. Nice. And the game, you know, it's it's starting at, at six or whatever. And it, it's like a four and a half hour game. Everybody's asleep. <laughs> it's just me and my grandpa in the, in the living room watching. And we're trying to be really quiet. We're both like six feet away from the TV <laughs> standing up as, as Vince Young's going down the down the field to for the eventual game winner and he crosses the goal line and we just like look at each other and we're like "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) trying not to be loud try not to wake anybody up and it's just hard especially since he he passed in 2017 ever since then like every time that that date rolls around january uh january 4th rolls around i think about that night and yeah, it just dude. it really gets me it's even getting me right now but i feel you r.i.p dude i mean shit that's what sports is all about man bringing people together yes and giving giving you memories that you'll never forget that's awesome see it's kind of funny because i'm a little bit of opposite in that regard just because my grandpa is actually from southern california mm-hmm. and so he's a big usc fan 
And because I was the way I was, I was like, I kind of want to see the, the Longhorns win just because my grandpa was all big into USC and right. stuff. So, but man, that was a good one. Definitely a good one. And I'm glad you had some really good memories with that, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. It's one of my favorite memories of my life. I can't believe he didn't end up doing anything in the NFL. I thought he was going to be so good. I think a lot of it comes down to he had a coach that didn't really believe in him. Yeah, you really – the hard part about being a really good quarterback in college is getting drafted to a not-so-good team, typically, and maybe not the right system or the right fit for you. Yeah. And I think that was just the downfall of Vince Young. He just didn't find the right system. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of it. I think that if you look at his – if you look at his statistics in the NFL, they're not great. But if you look about – if you look at, like, whether – he made plays to win games. He kind of did. The Titans were a winning team with him at quarterback. I mean, you could say that about Tim Tebow, too. So His stats were better than Tebow's, though. Because Vince could actually throw the ball. Yeah, that's true. Tebow was a battering ram. Yeah, he just made college kids look like he was a man amongst boys. He basically he was. was. Yeah, he basically was. You're right. uh, if Vince Young came into the league today, I really think that he would have been successful. Yeah, the sling it around offense that they have nowadays. Yeah. And then being able to, to dip out when he needed to. That's fair. Anyway, all right, let's get to the Super Bowl before we spend too much more time. Just like <laughs> reminiscing. That's right. Well, we were doing good It was at the video games. We got into the video games more than we have before, which is okay. Yeah, that's fine. It's our but, podcast. Yeah, plus, I mean, really the Super Bowl is all that we really had. And uh, I meant to actually open the episode with this, and I kind of forgot. But we now finally have proof that Dez caught it. <laughs> he caught it. They should have taken the lead in Green Bay. And who knows what would have happened with that 2014 Cowboys team. Because we had that exact play essentially happen with Juszczyk last night in overtime. And they counted it as a catch. He said two steps, and he was reaching for the first down. Well, Des Bryant was two steps, and he was reaching for the end zone. He caught it. I mean, everybody knows he caught it. It was a dumb rule at the time. It's still a dumb rule now, looking back at it. Yeah, that's true. And it's just, they had to change the rule. That's, it sucks, but. So, overall, I, I kind of know the answer to this question from you. Are you surprised at all? No. I know. I knew you were going to say that. I so, kind of am with how the game started. Yeah. So, like, the if you watch the game and, and, like, you weren't, somehow you weren't allowed to know what the score was. Like, they just showed you 20 to 20, and they showed you the first half, but they, you didn't see any scores. You don't know. It's like, we're taking out all the scoring plays. You're just going to see everything else. I think that if you watch that game without knowing knowing scoring scenarios, you probably think the 49ers are up three touchdowns at halftime. Yeah, they were out playing Kansas City for the majority of that football game. And I really think it it all boils down to a couple plays, really, which ended up turning the tide for Kansas City. And not necessarily the momentum, because... They didn't end up scoring off it at all, but McCaffrey fumbling on that first drive. Mm-hmm. McCaffrey was the reason they even got down there in the first place, and it looked like they were just going to run the ball down their throats and be able to make play after play against that defense, 
and then they force a fumble from McCaffrey uncharacteristically. They the the 49ers cuz I wrote it, I wrote it down cuz I didn't want to forget it that they had run three plays each of them for 12 or more yards so first downs mm-hmm. and then McCaffrey fumbles on the fourth. Yeah, and he was I want to say he touched the ball on all three plays heading into that, maybe even all four plays. I didn't write that part down. I think there was one pass to like one play, yeah. To to a receiver. Maybe it was Debo, maybe it was Ayuk. I don't remember. I don't remember either, but he definitely seemed like not only were the 49ers gonna run away with it, pun intended. <laughs> um, but it looked like McCaffrey was probably gonna end up being the MVP if they were able to keep that going. And then that fumbled really changed a lot now like i said they didn't really change the momentum too much because kansas city went down the field and then ended up fumbling themselves but i still think that if san francisco goes down and scores right there man could be a different game you don't know how early how it changes things because the butterfly effect like maybe they go down and score and then that you know kind of jump starts kc's offense a little bit and yeah, because they had a hard time. And then time they go down and score. I, you know, it's it's hard to, especially four plays into a game. You know, it's it's. But it was huge because getting like we talked about last week that the 49ers needed to have a fast start, and they they sort of did have a fast start, but not yeah. but not with points. And I mean, they did go up ten nothing. You got to get you got to get points. Like you got to if you if you get up on Kansas City, you have to put them away. Yeah. They will not beat themselves. Right. You have to put them away. And they failed to do that. Now, they, San Francisco also got lucky in the first half in a sense that after that big play to, um, was it Hardman that caught the, the, long, was, the deep pass? Yeah, and then immediately fumble. And then the immediate Pacheco fumble. Yeah. Because if, you know, if he doesn't fumble and, and Kansas City scores a touchdown there, it might be a completely different game too. So That's very true. It, it's so hard to, to go back and look, especially first half things. I mean, they, they were up 10. They were up seven at halftime. I didn't realize that, or I guess I've forgotten, that the Chiefs were down 10 at one point in each of their three Super Bowl wins. Yeah, which is insane. It's got that whole SpongeBob meme, like, you want to see me down 10 and come back? You want to see me do it again? Yeah. <laughs> but it, I was surprised that it was 0-0 after one. Yeah, that that was surprising, and that really made me feel like I should have taken the under. I talked about it last week. I was like, man, I'm feeling the under on this one because both really good defenses, which remain true. Um, but it, really, the the story of the first quarter was the punters. <laughs> they yeah. were punting the fuck out of the ball. <laughs> yeah, if you had taken the under last week when it was still at forty seven and a half, you would have gotten it. Yeah, it, it ended up right getting at. down to it ended up getting down to forty six, I think, and that that would have hit the over. But at the beginning of the week, it was at forty seven and a half, and that would have barely hit the under. Yeah, when we talked about it, it was still at forty seven and a half, and so yeah, especially when they scored late and then didn't need the PAT, which we'll get into here in a minute. But I was like, damn, I should have fucking done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I did end up winning my little thing where McCaffrey touchdown and then. Mahomes over half a yard passing. Nice. So that was cool. I won like forty bucks on that one. I was like, hell yeah. Uh, I did have a a trivia question for you. Okay. How many active quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, 
So we've got Mahomes. We've got Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. We've got... Because uh, Brady's out. Is Nick Foles still active? Nope. Okay. He wasn't. At least he wasn't on a roster all year. Okay. Which is crazy because Chicago signed him to like a four-year deal like a few years, a couple years yeah. ago, and that pittered out. Um, dang, I honestly almost want to say two, but I know that's not right. There's there's a couple more. Okay, I'm mad at myself. Right? Oh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. That's that's three. Flacco. Flacco is four. That's the one I thought you might trip up on. Yeah, but I I, uh, I was looking at the NFL awards, which I wanted to talk a little bit about if we had time, but he ended up actually getting comeback player of the year. So that's how I remembered him. <laughs> um, I think that... It, how many more are there? There's one more. One more. Dang. <sighs> nope. Not going to get it. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, of course. I sh- of course. So it's, oh it's my five gosh. five quarterbacks, five active quarterbacks that have won that have won Super Bowls. It kind of reminds me of a stat that, like, I'm not going to make you guess on this, but there are only three coaches in college football right now, active coaches that have won titles. Kirby only Smart, Kirby Smart, uh, uh, Clemson, Dabo Swinney, Dabo Swinney. And then Can you get the third one. Uh, Jimbo just, never won. We well, Jimbo did win, but he's not active anymore. Oh, that's right. Okay. We just talked about one of the the that other coaches. We just talked about one of his teams. Les Miles isn't an active coach. Nope. No, I don't got it. Mac Brown. Oh, Mac Brown. Yep. Those are the those are the only active fo- and he's college football old coaches. As fuck. <laughs> And Mac, Mac Brown's the same age as Nick Saban, by the way. Damn, okay. I did not know that. Or but maybe I did know that. Speaking of Nick that. Saban, I don't know if you saw, but he's going to be on game day. I did see that. That's actually pretty cool. I do like that. It's fun when you yeah. have greats, like Hall of Famers, that end up joining stuff like that because you get a really cool insight. Yeah. Anyway, that's I'm not trying to turn this into college football. but just, I know. It's, it's an interesting thing to me that, like, because of Brady, because of – Saban, there's so few people that are in these positions of winning that have won. That yeah, that's kind is of crazy. A, it's kind of a crazy stat. Yeah, because there's actually only one quarterback in the NFL with multiple Super Bowls, and that's the guy that just went back to back. Yep. Because Russ should have been if they would have just ran the damn ball. <laughs> yeah. But damn, that is crazy. Oh my goodness! And he has three mm-hmm. in five years. And he's not only—he's not even thirty. And he's lost one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh! Kansas City dynasty. Yes. Three out of five is enough. And six straight AFC title games. I, I agree. I, I mean, I agree. when you add all that together, yeah, they're—they're they're already a dynasty. And I don't think you can really say that they're done. No. No, so. I mean this was their worst offense they've had in years. It, it's going to be better than it was this year, next year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, oh man, they could definitely repeat again. Oh, agreed, agreed. But before we get too far, we did have a Super Bowl record, uh, fi- and then it it got yeah. broken a few minutes later. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> we, we had the same Super Bowl record broken 
twice in the, in the same game, which was actually pretty funny. And when I saw that the 55-yarder by Moody, A, being a rookie kicker, that's awesome. That's insane. Um, but B, I did not realize that the record was 54 in the Super Bowl. That seems kind of low. Seems like it would be longer than that. Yeah, because it's the Super Bowl. You'd think that somebody would try a long one at some point and then probably make it. But no, apparently not. And then that record actually had held for like, I want to say like 19 years or something like that. If I'm, if I don't, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. It's been a long time. Because it was Vinatieri, wasn't it, that held the record before? I don't think it was Vinatieri. I think it was somebody else. Mm. But without, with me not remembering the name, I don't, I think it was before our time even. Hmm. But anyways, uh, yeah, but then later, uh, Butker ends up breaking that record of 55 for the 57-yarder. So the kickers were, were doing really well, minus one thing that we'll get into in a minute. Um, but how'd you feel about Travis Kelsey flipping out on Andy Reid after the Pacheco fumble? It's not a great look. No. It, it's, it's definitely not a great look. And I think uh, a lot of people would be talking about it differently, and it would look a lot differently if they didn't end up winning that game. Oh, absolutely. I didn't like it. I, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I know Andy Reid tried to play it off in the post game by saying that he just loved the aggressiveness and how intense Travis Kelsey is about football. But, man, that did not look good. I didn't like that. If you see that on any other team, any other coach – that guy might not play the rest of the game. It was Buffalo Bills' Steve Christie. Okay. In 1994. Yeah, so almost 20 years, or basically 20 years, that 54-yard field goal record. I lasted. hate to break it to you, but that's that's 30 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, old. Old, we're getting yeah. old. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we were alive for that. Yeah, we were technically alive. <laughs> but, <laughs> man, that, that makes me feel old. Damn. So, anyways, yes. So, new kicking record. And then it lasted all of not even a full night. <laughs> and then we got another new field goal record. <laughs> it was the same quarter, too, wasn't it? Like, it, was, it couldn't even last. No, like... I, think it was the, I think it was the second half when... Was it? Okay. When Bucker did it. I think so. Shit. You're probably right. Because the field goal that they ended up kicking... It was a short not, one. Yeah, it was a shorter one to go into the half. But, by the way, I didn't realize that it's a good thing they ended up scoring. Because, apparently, teams that were shut out in the first half were 0-13. In the I mean, that makes sense. It does make sense. <laughs> and, honestly, considering, like you said, if you just would have watched like the plays and didn't see the score, you would have thought San Francisco was up by way more going into the half. And the fact that it was only 10 to set 10 to three was huge. Yeah. You, you let a team like Kansas city, you let Patrick Mahomes hang around and hang around and hang around. It's not going to end well for you. Nope. It's just not going to end well. Nope. But man, then uh, we come out of the second half chiefs get the ball. It's like, all right, we can go down and tie this thing up, and Mahomes has the worst pass he had of the, of the entire game and throws an interception. And with the way that the game had gone, I basically thought that was almost going to be like the deal breaker. I knew there was a lot of football left, 
And if anybody can still come back after that, obviously it is Patrick Mahomes. But man, that felt like that was that was a heartbreaker. And I thought that that could have been a defining moment. Yeah, that's a tough one. But defense was able to bow up and you know keep the game from from getting to a multi-score game at that point, which is absolutely huge. I mean, neither offense could really do anything for the for much of the third quarter. Yeah. It was it was pretty boring, minus the the one play I actually forgot to even mention, the the touchdown play that the Niners had was one of the coolest plays in in Super Bowl history. If they would have won that game, it would go down as one of the best plays in Super Bowl history. Yeah, um, the the double pass. If they win the game, that play is on every highlight reel of the Super Bowl from now until the end of time. Yeah, it was insane. The fact that Jawan Jennings essentially threw it all the way back across the field was, A, it felt like the ball was in the air forever, Mm -hmm. and it was very scary. But, B, they got it. Christian McCaffrey catches it and just beelines it to the end zone, and that's our first score, and that was super exciting. And you might have seen this stat, so it might not be a trivia but Jawan Jennings becomes only the second player in Super Bowl history to have a passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown in the Super Bowl. Any guess who the other one is? I don't know why the name Cordell Stewart is coming to mind. Because <laughs> I know he used I don't to either. do both. Maybe Heinz Ward? I so s- it was actually... I see a Steeler in my head. Right State. Was it... Um, I, I, don't, I don't remember who it was for the, for the Eagles. It was the Philly special. It was Nick Foles. Ended oh, up that's catching. right. Yeah. So instead of it being a receiver that threw one, it ended up being the quarterback actually just ended up, well, it was actually a running back that threw the pass to him. But it was the Philly special where he went up and acted like he was audibling. They hiked it to the running back, and he went to the end zone, which is one of the craziest plays of all time, especially to do it in a Super Bowl. But yeah, I thought that was very cool that now Jawan Jennings is the second player to ever do that, and it was very impressive. Mm-hmm. And so with that being the one touchdown and then Mahomes coming out and throwing that pick, I really was like, man, is, is San Francisco about to about to be tied for the most? Or tied for the second most? No, tied for the most, Super Bowls. Because Brady's seven, he got one with Tampa Bay. Right. So New England also only has six. Okay, that's right. Man... But yeah, other than that play, though, the first three quarters of the game were pretty shit. <laughs> Good defense. It was ugly at times offensively. It really was. And it came came alive a little bit in the fourth quarter. And really, I mean, it was a good defense for pretty much the whole game. Like, even when the scoring started happening in the fourth quarter, it wasn't because the offense was just, like, going all over the place and and making big play after big play. Like it was all a lot of nickel and dime, not nickel and diming, but like really well-run offense against well-run defense and the offense just getting the upper hand a little bit. Yeah, just barely. I mean, none of them were big plays. Like Brandon Ayuk set him up pretty well, but man, he was getting covered like crazy. That that, uh, Kansas City secondary, they were playing their asses off. They were not letting the receivers beat them. And so, yeah, no, it was a really good defensive game on both sides. And if you look at it on paper, San Francisco's got more names 
on that defense. They've got arguably a better defense, but one of the big factors was the fact that Dre Greenlaw, when he's so hyped, is running onto the field and tears his Achilles. Yeah, that sucks. Like, there's nothing you can do about that either. It's just one of those freak things. As soon as we saw it, I was like, oh, that's an Achilles. Yeah. Well, I I knew it was something. You knew it wasn't That's an Achilles. Yeah. Like, somebody goes down like that, nobody touching him. It's it's either an Achilles or an ACL. Yeah, because he, well, he wasn't uh, changing direction. He was running straight. So usually that's Achilles. Achilles. Exactly. Oh, it was just, you felt for the guy because... Yes, Fred Warner's huge. He's he's one of the biggest pieces of the defense, but Dre Greenlaw is right there with them. It's like 1A and 1B of the main guys on that defense, and losing him was huge. It was huge. Yeah, it can't be overstated how much of a difference that made, especially whenever in the in that fourth quarter, you know, to get the offense going, Mahomes is even tucking it and running it a few times. There right. was that one in particular that that sticks in my mind, it was a absolutely gorgeous play fake, and everybody goes left with the running back. Mahomes just like sneaks out to the right, and it's like wide open pastures for like fifteen yards. Yeah, and that's a play where Greenlaw, if he's in the game, that play may not happen. Yeah, because he he probably reads it right because that's his specialty, and so yeah, losing him was terrible. And that not not to mention him coming out of the game really helped get Travis Kelsey going. Yeah, in that fourth quarter, who wasn't doing much. He he ended no. up winning the tight end battle because Kittle only had like two catches for like nine yards or something like that. Which was he did go out at one point. It, Debo also that was went late. out at one point. Yeah, late. Yeah. Both of them late. Um, but man, that's where I was talking about earlier. Defense wins championships because. They weren't able to keep their whole defense. But not only that, but their big stars on offense, they've been dealing with injuries all season, and those proved to be crucial. But Kansas City's defense just stepped up huge, and San Francisco goes and scores, and instead of going up four, they're only able to go up by three because Jake Moody, rookie kicker, biggest game of his life, kicks a little bit of a lower ball, and it gets blocked. Technically, his first missed PAT uh, of the entire season. He almost went perfect on PATs throughout the whole season, um, which is very impressive for for a rookie kicker to be able to do. And man, if he just kicks it a little bit higher and treats it like a field goal and not just a PAT, we could be talking about a whole different thing today. But instead, it gets blocked. They're only up by three. And at that point, you just kind of knew. You knew Patrick Mahomes was going to go down there and at least tie the game up. And there for a minute, I thought they were going to go down and score. I thought whenever they got the ball back with 153 with two timeouts, down three, I said to Aurora, I was like, this game's over. The Chiefs win. Chiefs are going to win. They're going to go down. They're going to score a touchdown. It's going to be game over. But they didn't. They got. They went down and they ended up having to kick a field goal. The, I mean, you go back and look, and the hindsight's always twenty twenty. Rasheed Rice was open down the middle, and it looked like he could have probably scored. And instead, Mahomes tried to go to Kelsey. It almost felt like kind of like what I mentioned earlier with the, the Russ play back in the Super Bowl when 
they didn't want Marshawn Lynch to be the guy. They they'd rather Russ be the guy, and so they got greedy and tried to pass the ball. And it seemed like Kansas City kind of almost got greedy. Maybe even Mahomes himself. By I want Travis Kelsey to be the guy to get it when he wasn't necessarily open, and he tried to go for it anyways. But it that's looking at it in a magnifying glass. Yeah, I mean Kelsey's been that guy for them for for so long that like it's natural to just look his direction rather than the rookie, even if the rookie's open. True. Yeah, I don't put too much blame on him for that, but that could have ended the game right there. Instead, they don't get the play. They end up having to kick the field goal to send it to overtime. We get our second overtime Super Bowl game. I'm sure you remember the other one. Yep. That, the meltdown of the Falcons against Brady. But what did you think of of taking the ball first in overtime. So I was glad you you brought that up. I did want to talk about that. I liked it. I did too. Now, my main reason for liking it is because the Chiefs were having a hard time scoring touchdowns. They were only able to get that one touchdown because, and it, it's really what kind of sparked their offense, was because of the muffed punt, which wasn't even technically a muffed punt. It just hit one of the other guys in the leg. And then, uh, I don't remember who it was that was trying to return it. But he, he could have just tried to fall on it. Instead, he tried to make a play. I get it. Adrenaline's going. It's the Super Bowl, the biggest game of your career. Instead, he tries to make a play, and Kansas City recovers it, scores a touchdown on the very next play. That's, that's the only way Kansas City was able to even get in the end zone. So I like taking the ball first, even with the new rules, there's a lot of people, like apparently a lot of the 49er fan, or players didn't technically understand the full rules. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. It's what I'm seeing floating around on social media. I've seen that too. But Kyle Shanahan definitely did, because he even said in the press conference, we wanted the, to have the ball third. Because we figured, even if they hold us to a field goal, our defense has basically been holding them to a field goal all night. They haven't been able to get a lot going on offense either. Now, the one thing that you're not thinking about in that situation is the guy on the other team, which is Patrick Mahomes. But it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. You just got to go by what you've seen so far on the field that night. And so far, they were able to hold Kansas City. And so I kind of like it. Obviously, you would much rather have had a touchdown on that opening drive. Instead, they get held to the field goal. And you could already kind of tell – 49ers players like I'm pretty sure it showed McCaffrey on the sideline it looked like he was crying already because he knew that we just didn't score we needed to score there a field goal wasn't going to cut it but in the grand scheme of things looking at it in a vacuum I like taking the ball first set the precedent even if they hold us to a field goal we should be able to hold them to a field goal and then we get the ball first and then it's a field goal to win it so I kind of like it that's where I'm at too. It was like, you know, in college, in the college game, you want to, you want to have the other team have the ball first so that you know what you need to do. But you're also guaranteed that if it's tied after the first one, you both get a possession in the second. Right. You're not guaranteed that here. So let's say you, you kick the ball to Kansas city, Kansas city goes down, they score a touchdown. They kick the extra point. It's a seven point game. You go down and now you've got to score a touchdown you go down and score a touchdown. You can either go for two, which is putting the whole game on one play. Is it though? You can. Yeah. So if they if they go for two there, 
Oh yeah, because it's not tied if at they, that point. If they yeah, go, because it wouldn't be. Yeah, tied if they go still, for two and get it, right. they win. Okay, okay. If they go for two and don't get it, they lose. So it's putting the whole game on one play, right. or you kick the extra point and try and play defense. But at that point, now the Only Chiefs, need a field goal. you have willingly given them a, an extra possession that you are not guaranteed to get. And you're not only are you giving that to Mahomes, but they also have Butker, who's been awesome from fifty plus all season. Yeah, he set a Super Bowl he just record one from fifty seven. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's that's where when it comes down to the game ending in overtime like that, how hard it is to be an NFL head coach. It is way harder than a lot of people think. It's not one of those things where you can just go in and make timeout decisions and and have an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator make, make the play calls. It's way harder than that because you've got to make those kind of decisions, yeah. and that's a huge decision. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I've seen a lot of people saying, "Well, he's an idiot for for kicking for taking the ball first. I I mean, it, if you if you tell me you want to kick the ball and you explain your reasoning to me, I'm like, okay. I don't necessarily agree with you, but I understand where you're coming from. I think both sides, whether you kick it or you receive it, as long as you have I a I think plan. they both make sense. Yes. I think they both make sense Agreed. in certain circumstances. I think they're both justifiable. Now, if they had Drake Greenlaw still, would you maybe kick it and then try and just not even let Kansas City get a field goal first and then you only need a field goal to score? But that's playing the ifs. I mean... I. Th- I think for me, in most circumstances, I take the ball first because then if I score a touchdown, I feel like I'm getting a second offensive possession if I score a touchdown. Agreed. I agree. If I kick a field goal and the other team goes down and wins the game with a touchdown, you know what? We didn't deserve to win because we didn't score a touchdown. And that's exactly what happened. And If I go down and score a touchdown and the other team comes down and scores a touchdown, goes for two and wins it, you know what? Congratulations. You beat me. You beat me. And I... I honestly thought we were essentially going to get a, a double overtime, quote unquote. Uh, I, I really thought that Kansas or uh, San Francisco was going to hold Kansas City to a field goal, and I really thought they were going to have a chance to have that third possession. But when you're going up against that guy, and not just that guy, but that coach too, mm-hmm. a- Andy Reid is a is an animal, man. He's he's proven that he's a, an all time great at this point, and. I, I think, like you said, it's hard to argue either way. I think he made the right decision. I think going forward, any team other than the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl f- feels like an upset to me. <laughs> it just does. Like it feels like yeah. anybody else winning the Super Bowl is just it's an upset. Like it's an upset season. Well, and now Mahomes is nine and two in playoff games where he's trailed by seven or more points, which is insane. He's only lost two playoff games. Yeah, he's fifteen and two, <laughs> which is fifteen absurd. and two, and one of them was a Super Bowl. Yeah, the other was an AFC title game against Brady. Yeah, which also went to overtime. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it, no! What he's doing is absolutely insane. Gets another MVP. They win the game on that crazy. They called it basically the corn dog again. Essentially the same play that they scored their go-ahead touchdown on last year against the Eagles. And it was just a hell of a play call where you make the corner make a decision. And either and way he's wrong. Exactly. Either, <laughs> either way he's wrong. Either decision he makes you're is gonna wrong. you're going to score. Yep. 
and they get it done and and man it was definitely very exciting yeah. it was very exciting the fourth quarter in overtime saved that game made it an all-time great made it a classic the first three quarters were definitely forgettable <laughs> besides the trick play yeah but man you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes don't he's do an it. underdog in his last three games and then I don't know if you saw them ask him at afterwards about that and he said Kansas City Chiefs are never underdogs <laughs> and I can't argue with that at this point no oh man there's there's it, it's one of my two rules <laughs> it's one of my two rules <clears throat> dude all in all though great game yeah it was a fun one uh, the commercials kind of sucked uh, I had a couple favorites that I did want to mention first my favorite one which I've heard a lot of people talking about this stuff now. Uh, but they haven't mentioned this one, which makes me sad. It was uh, the YouTube TV commercial. It was towards the beginning. They did end up playing it again like late because obviously in overtime, they're just playing what they can at that point because they weren't expecting to be there. Uh, it was the YouTube TV commercial where they had the Seahawks the Ravens, and the Eagles. And it was the players actually flying through the sky. And then, like, Tyler Lockett's on a porch, like, cacawing. And, like, I laughed out loud at that commercial. And I thought it was great. It got a chuckle from me. Yeah, I was sad that nobody even... I haven't heard one person mention that one. And I even heard a guy read off the list of, like, the committee that's supposed to pick the top commercials from the Super Bowl and stuff. And that one wasn't even in the top, like, Seven, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But the other one, though, Christ- the Christopher Walken one was pretty fucking funny, where everybody was trying to imitate him, and they said, "There's nobody like the original." I thought that was pretty funny. And then, did you have any that you that you really enjoyed that I didn't mention yet? So the the one that that like really stuck out to me was I think it was it was H E B like coffee commercial. And there's like there's yeah. one there's one coffee coffee thing left on the counter and they both touch it and it's like singing um uh what's the what's the song it's um oh, I don't remember either it's a it's dancing oh man what is that song Seether did a cover of it it's like I'm never gonna dance again the way I danced with you the way I danced with you yes that's that song <laughs> um anyway they're they both touch it and that song starts playing and like the the lights go down and it's like a really romantic scene and they take take their hands off of it and they're just in a supermarket again so they put their hands on it again and the song comes back on and the lights go down and then they take their hands off and it's nothing and then so they like slowly reach out and like touch hands with each other and nothing happens they're like oh so it's not us it's it's the coffee (laughs) <laughs> it's the coffee. And so she like grabs the coffee and it starts singing again and she like takes off. <laughs> that was a good one. I did like that one. Too. I loved that commercial. That was awesome. Yeah, that was good. I also liked the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh one where State Farm yeah. like and he was like, I'm saying that. And uh Zach actually pointed it out to me. I didn't actually end up hearing it either. But at the end, the line his the best line was Get me out of this chapa. When he normally is, let's get to the chapa. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible impression. But, yeah, that one was pretty good. 
And then the Dunkin' Donuts one with Ben Affleck, Affleck and Tom Brady, and Matt, Matt Damon, Damon steals the show on that. Yes. <laughs> it's so hard being your friend. <laughs> and then at the end, Tom Brady's Remember like, whenever I said I would do anything yeah, for you? This, this is was anything. anything. <laughs> that one was good, too. So I, had, I thought there were some good ones. There were There's definitely some misses. Definitely some misses. Oh, lots of misses. Lots of misses, I think. But I thought those were pretty funny, and I enjoyed them. But I, I still stand by my favorite one, I think, was the, the different bird mascot teams. <laughs> I thought that was very creative. Yeah, that one was pretty creative. I, I enjoyed that one. I also did enjoy the, the halftime show. I know that's not necessarily your cup of tea. No. But... I didn't honestly know that Lil Lil John and Ludacris were supposed to be part of it. I just knew Usher and, and uh, Alicia Keys. And so when Lil John came out there and then they started playing that song, I was like, babe, I bet you Ludacris shows up. And then Ludacris showed up with his fro and looking all cool. So I was pretty stoked about that. But it was funny. I had gone and picked up my grandpa and he came over and was watching with us. And he was just had like <laughs> face palm during the whole halftime show. Yeah, not not my cup of tea, you know. Aurora seemed like she enjoyed it, so that's my barometer on whether it was a good halftime show or not. I used the opportunity to, you know, go to the bathroom, go refresh our drinks and all that. Right. I enjoyed it though. I thought it was pretty fun. Very sweaty. Yes. That's that's what I'll that's what I'll say. Very sweaty. Yeah, there's been some pretty good memes. Like one of my favorite ones was showing Usher like just dripping in sweat and it was like catchers after a double header in the heat. <laughs> I was like, Yes, I know that feeling. <laughs> I think I think my favorite meme to come out of the Super Bowl though is people captioning the Travis Kelsey <laughs> Andy Reid thing. Yeah. One of the ones that one one of the ones that I saw was uh was Gondor calls for aid? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. I like that one. Oh man! One yeah, of the, I didn't see it, good. but one that I heard about was uh, why are they remaking Twister? They already did really good. <laughs> that because the apparently that commercial had just played or that trailer, and then oh. and then that moment happened. You know, it's I had the same thought when I saw the Twister commercial. It was like, is that really? Something that we need to make a remake for? Well, you've got to realize that movies have come a long way. I mean, I guess. So I, I'm actually excited to see it and see if they do a good job with it. Because if they, they, they can. Yes, the Bill Paxton one. And what is it? Is that... What's her name? Dang it. It's not Bonnie Hunt. Anyways, it was a great one. Great movie. But I do think that they have a chance to, to make it good. So I'm I'm excited to see if it's any good. Yeah, I don't know. I just I'm t- I'm kind of tired of remakes at this point. I feel you, but it's technically not a remake. It's Twisters. Yeah, <laughs> big difference. <laughs> it's like whenever they made Anacondas instead of Anaconda. I didn't even hear about that one, so I guess it wasn't very good. <laughs> it was more of a sequel than a remake, but that's what I was, feel like. It was around the same happen. same time. Anyway. Uh, anything else on the on the Super Bowl, or do you want to get to a couple of little baseball things? I wanted to mention um, I am done with the Super Bowl. Yes, I do think it's a dynasty. Regardless, of, like, they could retire tomorrow, and I think Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. Andy Reid is obviously a Hall of Famer. 
I, I think that it's a dynasty. But I am done with the Super Bowl now. Um, but I did want to mention before we did a, a couple baseball things. I do have a Brio Beardscape Beard of the Week. Um, hey, hey. I, uh, I, I still been using it to trim my, my cheeks, and I still have like 130 minutes of charge time left. And it's it's insane. <laughs> I love that Beardscape. If anybody's looking to get something to help trim any kind of body hair that you have, your your nose hairs, you could probably get up in there with that. Your eyebrows, whatever you need to trim. Brio's got something for you. Back hair. Back hair. Know. Yeah, anything. Anything you got. Uh, top of the toes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Brio for Life, uh, that's the, the number four. Brio4life.com, code SPORTIN. Get you 10% off, and it helps us out a little bit. Link is in the description as well of the podcast. Yeah, check it out. Um, but my Brio Beardscape Beard of the Week this week, and I've nominated him before, and I believe he's gotten it before, is Luka Doncic. He ends up being Western Conference Player of the Week this week, averaging 31.3 points, 10.5 boards, 8 assists. Been playing lights out. They finally get him a couple more bigs that he can throw some lobs to. But the main reason, I don't know if you saw it. I need to send you the video if you didn't. He had a behind-the-back pass into the basket, essentially, to Dwight Powell, which was insane. It was more Luka magic and gets an assist off of it, and it was awesome. I didn't see that. So, yeah, definitely definitely. Send I'm going to have to shoot that over to you because it was awesome. Um, and he's obviously got a, got a beard going right now. It ain't nothing like what we, we kind of got going on, but, but he's uh, he's – Got a beard, so he is not. Not everybody can be as manly as us, Jay. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Sorry, Luca, <laughs> <laughs> but he is my Brio Beardscape Beard of the Week. Nice, congratulations, Luca. And you know, before we move on, real quick from basketball, I don't have a lot to say about it right now. But the Mavs are currently eighth going into tonight. They did play tonight, but they were currently eighth in the West. Only like two games out of sixth to avoid the play-in. But also only like six games out of first. Mm-hmm. It's tight. It is getting tight. So we're going to have to start paying a little bit of attention to, to what's going on in basketball because we're starting to get down to the nitty-gritty here. And it, it was a pretty fun NBA trade deadline. Um, I, I Not a ton of huge names ended up getting It's kind moved. of a dud. A little bit happened, but not... Compared to last year. Last year, there were some splashes, like some big splashes. Yeah, the last couple of years, there have been some big ones. This year, Pascal Siakam was the biggest name traded. Yeah. Which, no offense to Pascal, but, I mean, it's Pascal Siakam. Yeah. So, But there were were some exciting ones. I'm excited to see what the Mavs uh, can do. They end up taking down the number one seed in OKC by a, a wide margin the other night with the new guys. So that was exciting. But it is almost baseball time. Pitchers and catchers have started to report. The the Dodgers and the Padres have already reported. Yeah, and I saw uh, Otani looking over uh, Kamamoto. Yamamoto. Yamamoto. I was so close. Dang it. It's Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Ah, I was so close. Uh, watching him throw his bullpen. And so I was like, oh, hell yeah. Okay, that's pretty exciting. So, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, pretty much everybody else is going to be reporting between now and Thursday. Uh, but the Dodgers, the Dodgers and, and Padres, they're playing. I think it's those two teams that are playing in Korea to start the season a few days before everybody else starts. So they obviously are starting their, their spring training a little bit earlier than everybody else. 
Fair. Um, so I wanted before we before we get into other other baseball, the couple of baseball things that we have, I did go ahead and look. We talked about last week. Have there ever been seven game series in both National and American League in the same oh, year? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, we're idiots. <laughs> it happened this year. <laughs> oh my god! This, this past season, yes. it happened. I do remember that. Now. Astros, Rangers, and Diamondbacks, Phillies. <sighs> so we're saying, I don't know if that's ever happened before. It's like idiots. It happened three months ago. <laughs> well, that's why we weren't sure because we're always thinking back. We're thinking back. Yeah. So it, it's happened four <laughs> times total. It's, it's happened four times total. Including last year? Uh, including this past year. Okay. So the the one before that was 2020, which was Rays, Astros, and Dodgers, Braves. So again, we probably should have thought about that one since yep. our teams are involved. We definitely should have known that one too, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, that, was the, that was the year the Rays were up 3-0 and the Astros forced a game seven but then lost. Uh, that was also the weird COVID year where the world series was at the Rangers stadium yeah. and it, yeah. Corey Seager's won two world series there now. Technically, Actually they won in, in Arizona, but yeah. Uh, the other years was 2004, like we mentioned last week and 2003, the year before with the Yankees, Red Sox and Cubs and Marlins. Dang. The, we, the, we uh, should have known all four the, of them. The Bartman, the, yeah, the Bartman year. <laughs> Ooh, was, was also a seven gamer. Oh man, still still um, can't so, yeah. go to Chicago. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so yeah, it's happened four times. Dang, yeah, we should have known all four of those. I actually thought about the 2003 one about five minutes after we were done recording, <laughs> and I was like, ah, eh, well, it's, it's yeah, fine. we'll talk about it next week. Because <laughs> I mentioned the I mentioned that they went to seven games the year before when we were talking about the 2004. But then I thought about the Cubs and Bartman and the and the Marlins and everything in 2003, and that's when it was like, oh, dummy! It happened just the year before that. So uh, did so none of those four times though, the World Series went to seven as well. Um, I don't believe so. So thinking back, 2003, the Marlins won in six. 2004, obviously swept. the Red Sox swept. Uh, the Dodgers beat the Rays in six, and then the Rangers won five. in five. Yeah. So no, no, no seven game series after the seven game series. Dang. Nobody's ever. Well, yeah, people have played seven game series back to back, like the Astros in seventeen played back to back World's uh, seven game series, but the the cheating year. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> First title year is what that was. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> No, we anyway, should have known all four of those, though. I'm disappointed in us. We, we absolutely should have. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to remember things when you're talking and, like, you know that you're being recorded. True. That's definitely true. I feel like it, the COVID year, we have an excuse. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but the other three, Nobody. we definitely... I mean, obviously, we already talked about the one. We should have known last year, though. And the fact that we forgot about 03, that, yeah. that's on us. Bad, bad omissions, both of those. <laughs> yep. Like you said, 2020, nah, it's, it's it's the COVID year. Like, who cares? Yeah, there, were, there weren't any fans. <laughs> what are you talking about? There were cardboard cutouts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going down in history. That was crazy. Yeah, that's a wild, wild time. Uh, so just the, the couple of baseball things. 
Uh, Jose Altuve signed an extension with the Astros. He will now officially be an Astro for life, uh, which he always was going to be. I never had any. It was just a matter of how much fears. Yeah, it's a matter of how much, how long. There was never really a question for me. He was going to be an Astro for life. I mean, Jose Altuve. You don't let Jose Altuve's of the world leave. Yeah, and to be honest, as much as I don't like the Astros and as much as I don't like the year of all that happening and stuff, and Altuve was a big part of it, he got to that point by being a badass. I mean, he was a badass. He still is, but in my mind, tarnished a little bit. Not everybody, I understand. Um, But regardless, one of my favorite things to to hear was that apparently when they called him up, they told him it was going to be temporary until they found another second baseman. And I thought that was pretty awesome, the fact that they haven't had to at all. But the funniest thing I saw from that, too, though, was, man, that's a long time to be looking for another second baseman. (laughs) (laughs) 20 years? (laughs) We're we're still looking for Biggio's replacement. (laughs) Oh, man. No, my, my favorite Jose Altuve story is when when he went to the Astros camp at 15 or whatever age he was, 15, 16, however old he was. The first day he got there, they sent him home. Dang. Like, they were like they were like, "No, you're you're too small. Go home." And his dad was like, "Just go back." <laughs> I like it. Just go back to just go back tomorrow. Like just show up again. Now all they can do is send you home again. Not in the same realm, but very Jordan like. So maybe yeah. that actually helped motivate him to even do better. And so he went back and he ended up talking the apparently the the main scout like the head honcho scout of that of that academy wasn't there the first day but he was there the second day and Altuve basically shook his hand and said I'm small but just watch me play I got a big stick <laughs> and watched him play and you know the rest mm-hmm. is history they signed him for 15 grand and like like he said, when, when when Altuve first came up, 2011, like he was never a top prospect. He was never on any of the top 100 lists. He was always too small. He doesn't hit for any power. He, which is ironic now, considering what he has become, a 30 home run guy. Yeah. That he doesn't have any power. He's a slap hitter. He's just going to be singles and stolen bases and play subpar defense. Well, he's a gold glover. He's an MVP. <laughs> He's a 30 home run hitter. He's the second highest postseason home runs of all time. He almost and crushed the souls of all Ranger fans. I mean, he kind of did for a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, he's been crushing Ranger uh, Yankee souls for years. True. Uh, <laughs> Which I can't appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of my f- one of my favorite memories of Altuve. It wasn't even a playoff game, but it was a game in New York. Against the Yankees, I think it was 21, maybe, 22. And Yankees are up by two runs. There's a couple runners on. Altuve comes up. And you start getting the chance, right? Fuck Altuve. Fuck Altuve. He launched like a 400-and-something-foot home run. (laughs) That crowd went from fuck Altuve to... (laughs) To nothing. (laughs) I've seen another crowd do that. To Dolores Garcia. Yeah. Sorry, just had to get it in there. Well, Defending world champs. First time we get to open is that. Yeah, we'll see if you can hang on to it. We'll see. you got to get to the playoffs first. I mean, it's going to be a Bro- tight division. That- pitching staff's 
looking kind of rough. Well, that goes for both of us. It's going to be a tough division. It's going to be. It will. It's going to be fun. It will. Aside from Altuve, Corey Kluber retired. Great stint with the Rangers. <laughs> that was a great inning. <laughs> oh man! And then did you did you see that Netflix is going to be doing a Red Sox documentary? No. So they're doing. People were talking about Hard Knocks style um, series. I it seems to me like it'd be more like an All or Nothing. I don't know if you know of All or Nothing. Yeah, yeah. But it, it feels like to me more of, more of an all or nothing because it's not like hard knocks where it's just spring training. Gotcha. And maybe like the first week of season or so. But they're actually going to be following the whole season of the Red Sox this year. Okay. And that, but it the pro the, the downside is it's it's not going to be released until next year, twenty five. Well, I'll be honest. They've done a couple. They're actually about to release the second season of Full Swing, which is essentially the, the same thing one. but for golf, and it was really cool. So, and then they have the quarterbacks one with yeah. Mahomes, Cousins, and uh, who was the other one? Jimmy G? Mariota. Mariota, that's who it was. But yeah, and that was really cool too. So, I mean, even though it might not be till next year, it should be, should be pretty good. Yeah, I just wish that they would do like, you know, like an episode a month. Yeah. Throughout the season. That's fair. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Like, you know, we get to May and you're watching the spring training episode and then... You get to June and you're watching the April episode, and you get to you know, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that would be cool. To where like <clears throat> the season the season ends and like after the World Series, you're finally watching the end of the Red Sox season. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be really cool. I, I know it's hard to do that. I mean, the, uh, Welcome to Wrexham is the same thing. Like they play the whole season and then you watch the documentary the next the season after. But it would just be cool if it was more live. Still, that sounds pretty cool though. Yeah, I think it'll be fun and. You know, maybe teams will keep doing that in the future and make it a thing. Yeah. Like, it'd be cool. It'd be good for baseball. Definitely. It'd be really good for baseball. Definitely. But that is uh, that's basically all I've got. Pitchers and catchers reporting this week. Baseball is here. Yeah. It is. Uh, the page has turned from football yep. to the, the nitty-gritty of basketball and baseball. Yep. And I'm looking forward to it. Same. All right. Uh, you got anything else that we need to get in here? I do not. All right. Well... Everybody, have a good week. I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Yes. Thanks for listening. Sorry we didn't mention Taylor Swift. Uh, Well, now we have. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks for listening. Beards out. Beards out.